0: hey beloved welcome back to the show is it possible to have food and fellowship at the same time food is a connector and has an ability to bring people together for better or for worse how then do we remove food as the focal point of our everyday lives and connection with others The fact is that food is a connector and it's up to us to put food in its proper place. In this episode, I'm gonna share key highlights from chapter 11 in Rita's book on breaking bread and intentionally serving others with food. The truth is, food is a terrible master, but it can be a wonderful servant. So we'll talk about how we can make food our wonderful servant, plus how to combine fellowship and food when serving others, listen in to learn how to make your heart and home a place to nourish people, not only physically, but also spiritually. Before we get into all that, though, if you are new around here, I want you to know that I am on a mission to help women of faith heal their relationship with food, restore their identity in Christ, and lose toxic weight for good so they can finally become the healthy whole mom god created them to be my story and my struggles with emotional eating and weight gain started when i was about nine years old when my parents separated i share about my journey of gaining and losing the same 40 to 60 pounds over and over again during different seasons of my life i share that on episode number 52 if you haven't had a chance to listen go back and check that one out it's kind of where this whole food freedom journey began on the podcast And so this healing process, right, this journey towards freedom with food, it's definitely not an overnight gig. Some pieces take years to heal and then some after years of struggle are healed and delivered in an instant, like my come to Jesus moment in the bathtub with alcohol, which I share on episode number 57. So in today's episode, again, I'll be sharing my personal takeaways from chapter 11 in the full book by Asherita Tutu, Food, Jesus, and the Battle for Satisfaction. When I went through this book in 2019, it literally changed my life so much that I chose it for the 12-week curriculum for my breakthrough program, The Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint to truly give you weapons for weight loss that work for lasting freedom. If I had written a book, this would be the one. This is just gonna help you renew your mind, to make you wise to the enemy's tactics so you can armor up and stand against his schemes and to help you trade guilt for grace in your relationship with food. I also wanna let you know that even though the doors are closed for the beta group of the Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint, which again is my 12-week signature program that launched January 2022, we do have a wait list growing for the next round that is starting this spring. So if you want in, be sure to. To join the Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint Facebook group today so that you can get access to the replay of the Food Freedom Workshop that explains it all. Um, in this workshop, I unpack the three mistakes that people make when trying to lose weight, the four signs of emotional eating, and of course, the biblical blueprint that can change it all for you. I am so proud of the ladies currently in the beta group, and I just have to share the incredible progress they're making. So I'm going to share this one from Tina today. She shared this week that her big win was that her belly doesn't stick out past her top half. And I'm sure we can all relate, right? That is like a big victory. She says, My jeans are getting looser around the waist, and so my muffin top isn't so big when I wear them. She said, I can name off a bunch more wins, and she does. Here's 13 of them stomach shrinking, inflammation going down, bending down is easy, more confident, feeling so much better, not worrying about what to eat next, more time from times I would sit and snack, more money from not buying coffee or soda, happier, starting to get my energy back, loving the scriptures. My prayer partner is my new best friend and helping me get over fears, such as Facebook Live. And she says, I can go on. God put me on this journey, and I'm honored to be on this path. She's lost over 20 pounds in just 13 days, you guys, and that is just the icing on top, right? That's actually three times the average weight loss rate, which is crazy. Um, that's three times more than what we would typically expect in this program, um, but it's and it's almost unbelievable, right? But I just couldn't be more proud of all the work that she and the other lady is doing in the program and the healing that's going on. And again, they're they're not the only ones that are going to experience this as we keep growing this program. So this 12-week blueprint helps you realign your body, spirit, and soul. It helps you restore your relationship with food. It helps you reclaim your identity, Christ. And it also creates accelerated results, which then creates that motivation that's needed to make lifestyle changes and mindset shifts. So behavior change part 6 over the long term. Beloved, this program is for you if you are fed up and frustrated with your weight and need a biblically rooted solution that creates lasting results. We can do all the worldly things, right? But if we don't put Jesus at the center, we're just going to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again and keep running around in circles chasing our tails and nobody wants that. We've all lost weight, right? It's it's keeping it off and healing from the wounds in our soul that are causing us to turn to food in the first place. So, Um, If you're looking for, if you're 100% committed to aligning your health journey to the kingdom of God, if you're ready to partner with Jesus and Holy Spirit to release that which is no longer serving you and are able to persist and pursue healing even when things get hard, then listen up. I know you need the step-by-step plan, the implementation, the coaching to lose the weight that's been burdening you and get you to the other side. I know that you also desire a safe space that's free of judgment so that you can heal your heart and break free from the lies of the enemy. And last but not least, I know that you are craving a community of sisters in Christ who will journey with you keep you accountable, and support you so you don't have to do this alone. So head to the Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint Facebook group, watch the Food Freedom Workshop replay pinned at the top of the group, and you can decide for yourself if you want to apply for the next round that starts spring 2022. You're going to be in the right place over the next couple months if you're hanging out in that Facebook group because the current students will be posting their wins on Wednesdays, and they're going to be going live each Friday to share what God is doing and highlighting in their life through this program it's so amazing I just am so honored to be able to be a part of it and to watch so if this is something that is speaking to your heart join the Facebook group of course everyone's invited go ahead and watch the replay and apply if you feel led we have 12 spots open for the next round and 10 of those are founders spots with beta pricing the deadline to apply is Friday February 25th I know that seems far away but it will be here before you know it Welcome to the Covered Beloved podcast, where we choose to live faith-infused, holistic lifestyles while nourishing and renewing our minds to experience the depths of God's love for us. Hey there, I'm Heidi Brom, world changer and mom on a mission to bring a whole new level of health and wellness to your home. As a decade-long essential oil advocate, self-proclaimed personal and kingdom development junkie, and your holistic lifestyle strategist, I believe that when God created the earth, he didn't leave us without solutions, that he created us to be healthy and whole, and that he's covered each and every one of us as mothers with his protection, grace, and wisdom on how to live our most healthy, happy, and joyful lives. Are you ready? It's time to become the healthy home mom God created you to be, because he's got you covered, beloved. Let's dig in. I know a biblical approach is needed because when we are not in alignment with who God says we are, we are susceptible to the enemy's lies. Either God is shaping our minds or the world is. And I want to keep planting seeds that will open your heart to the idea that the Lord wants to fight this battle for you and victory is found in Jesus. So today we're talking about what breaking bread looks like and intentionally serving others with food and the truth that food is a terrible master, but it can be a wonderful servant. So I want to talk just real quickly here. Again, we're in chapter 11 in Asherita's book, Full Food, Jesus, and the Battle for Satisfaction. And for many people, preparing and serving food is an expression of love. I know for me, when I'm cooking food for my family or preparing a smoothie and my child is right there with me, um, it's a moment of connection and love. When my grandma would make food, she would do it out of love. And so this is a foundation for a lot of us growing up, chocolate chip cookies, lasagna. You know, you just felt that comforted feeling when your mom made you homemade chicken soup and it just made you feel better, right? So food is a connector. We all know that and it's up to us to put food in its proper place. Food seems to be magnetic in its ability to bring people together for better or for worse. And we don't want this to get twisted Listen to episode 60 um, on the podcast because that was a session that I did with one of my clients, Rachel, and she actually had a visual of how the enemy took and twisted love and food and also shame in a moment when she was um, younger and in her grandparents' kitchen. So we know that this can get twisted. We know that fellowship is mentioned in the Bible, that Jesus broke bread with his friends and those that were following him. But we often see too much food becomes the focal point of our gatherings. And so I want to um, talk about this fellowship word, and the definition of fellowship. It's friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests, a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. And if we actually look at the Greek word for fellowship in the Bible, it's koinonia. I hope I'm saying that right. Koinonia. And it means partnership, contributory help, participation, sharing in or communion, spiritual fellowship, and a fellowship in the spirit. So, in the Bible, fellowship goes two ways. It goes both vertical, as in communion with the Lord, and it goes horizontal, as in communion with other believers and the body of Christ. And the goal of fellowship is strengthening of a bond, it's to enrich one another, to comfort, exhort, and uplift one another, to pray for, help, and challenge one another to move forward and keep fighting the good fight. We so miss out when we let food distract us or get in the way of us ministering to one another. If food is our focus, then we will find it hard to fully, you know, take in the person that is in front of us and what the Holy Spirit is guiding us towards with them. It's hard to be receptive and revelatory to what Holy Spirit is speaking when we're distracted with food thoughts. In Asherita's chapter, she says, food... Or Sorry, fellowship over food is scriptural. After all, Jesus invited his his disciples to fellowship over a breakfast of grilled fish. She says, Just imagine the Son of God who spoke the world into existence and created every kind of fish, who crafted the trees to cut down for wood and invented every, even the fiery spark of flame itself, prepared a meal of fish grilled to perfection for his exhausted disciples we're on a fishing expedition. I can imagine that would probably have been the best tasting fish ever. Um, In fact, when I go through my program, it's a fasting program. And so we're fasting for 40 days. I often find by week two, um, your taste buds, week two or three, like they just come alive because they're no longer dulled and um, out of touch with what real food tastes like, how God created it to be. And so I can have an orange and I'm just like, Giving God all the praise and glory as I'm eating this orange because it's so juicy and flavorful and um, believe it or not, physically after two weeks, you change over your taste buds. You get new taste buds and so we can get rid of all of those um, diluted or inflamed taste buds that are not in tune with how foods naturally taste. You know, you need things sweeter or saltier and you're just like, oh, I'd rather have, you know, whatever prepackaged food instead of an apple. But after you've been fasting for two weeks, nothing tastes better than a fresh green apple. Let me tell you. So when we look at fellowship and how it was created and what God created food for, it's like, how can we do both? How can we merge these things together? Is it even possible um, to have food and fellowship at the same time? And I believe we can, I believe it's possible, and I believe it's all about our heart posture. The truth is, again, that food is a terrible master, but it can be a wonderful servant. And breaking bread and intentionally serving others with food, it's how we were designed to relate to one another, at least one of the pieces, right? It's practical and it's enriching and we see jesus doing this in the bible and how he's serving other people in one form or another and he's doing it from a position of love and as he's breaking bread with them as he's holding up the fish and the bread and asking god to multiply you know he's not only filling bellies but he's filling hearts as well as he's doing this And so I wanna just kind of cover some things that Asherita talks about in this chapter. She goes over lots of ways that we can serve others with food. I'm not gonna cover them all. I encourage you to get her book or actually if you sign up for my program, you get the book and companion journal as part of our 12-week, actually it is, it's the foundation of our 12-week curriculum in that uh, Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint program. But she lines out several ways that we can serve others with food. I'm not gonna cover them all. I'm gonna cover 10 of them. So number one is check your motives. And so looking at... um, loving each other with food and making sure that when you're serving others with food that you're not Um, just kind of fishing for compliments or looking to boast yourself up or build yourself up that you're really coming from a position of love with food and how your food can touch this person as an extension of Jesus. How are you actually loving on them and not just using food as a pretense or a way to show off um, your skills for others, right? Of course, that's always amazing, that affirmation that we get, but we need to bring that to the Lord. Anybody that compliments you um, and is saying, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. This food is incredible. You can receive that compliment and then later on that night when you're praying, um, just Give that compliment to the lord and be like thank you lord for giving me the skills to create this amazing meal and thank you for giving me the opportunity to just be an extension of you and love others through it all right number two run food thoughts, food thoughts through your holy spirit filter so me, I'm like, I love reading articles about, you know, food and nutrition and what's good for me and what I should avoid. And, um, I really have to think carefully about the messages that I communicate to others when I see lies that people are believing. Um, or if I'm even believing a lie, I have to always check Holy Spirit and be like, should I say this right now? Should I, um, you know, comment on something that is being served or something that someone is eating that I might have an opinion about? Um, I have to really check myself and I have to, be conscious about this because, first of all, not everybody is in the same place. And second of all, it's up to Holy Spirit to convict people um, of what they're doing. And so how can I maybe share something um, that comes from a loving way or a loving place and maybe of a place of interest or curiosity? um, You know, not using fear-mongering or anything like that and throwing out what's evil and clinging to what's good in this situation of, you know, that person's there, they showed up. It's not a place for me to start going off about like the latest research that I have had found about nutrition um, or science because I can get very, like I love science, you guys. That's like my jam. So really running food thoughts, the food thoughts that I'm having at the time when I'm meeting with people running through that through my holy spirit filter of like you know should i or shouldn't i share this and oftentimes it's not meant to be shared okay number three is focusing on fellowship and the people in front of you so when we can look at how are we showing up for this person what are they going through are we really lending a listening ear are we being distracted by our food thoughts and um other things in our mind are we able to um You know, again, serve this meal as unto the Lord and look for ways that we can help the people in front of us feel seen, known, and loved, and just seek to understand where they're at, what they're struggling with, the burdens that they're carrying, and how we can celebrate them, how we can look at as they're sharing and pouring out, what is Holy Spirit saying to us that we can turn on and be like, hey, you know what? I appreciate you sharing this. This It's a really hard thing that you shared, and here's what I see. And just coming in with that um, almost prophetic word of exhortation, encouragement, uplifting, that they walk away feeling like they just had a conversation with Jesus because you are so filling them up and you are seeing them in front of you and you're focusing on the fellowship between the two of you at the time. Number four, do everything as unto the Lord. So when we look at this and we put filling hearts above filling stomachs, You are helping people walk away feeling nourished in a way that they had never even realized they needed to be nourished before, right? We can't live on bread alone. And so, when we look at not just filling other stomachs, but making your home a safe place for people to gather, where each person can share um, with each other, you know, have conversations that go beyond surface level stuff, right? No more fake, just allowing for deep soul connections to take place, people are going to walk away feeling themselves filling their hearts and feeling more nourished in just than just the physical way all right number five pray for others being faithful in prayer and just praying for each other in the areas that they need help with whether it be food addiction food fixation food disorders food shortage you know where are they in need and looking for opportunities that you can pray for them i think that's so important because Prayer goes a long, long way, especially when we're praying together, right? A strand of three cords is not easily broken. And so we can come together as a body of Christ and just be praying for one another during our times together. Number six, be mindful of where others are at in their journey. Now, this might be um, where they're at with a particular food struggle or maybe it's a food sensitivity and being aware of um, different you know, foods that they can or can't have and how hard that might be for them when they come into your home. And so making them a special meal and thinking of them be like, oh, I remember you said that you were trying to avoid gluten. And so here I made this especially for you. Um, you know, went back when my daughter, my second born, we realized she was gluten intolerant. It was a struggle, and I realized it wasn't as common then as it is now, but man, I do remember those people that took that extra step to make my daughter feel welcome and not make her feel um, left out, which they didn't intentionally do anyway, but it it was hard for her to go to school and not have what the kids were having at school, and I always appreciated the people that took the extra time and effort to make her something special. It was amazing. Okay, uh, let's see. Number seven, invite people into your home. So I especially love that this was something that we see throughout the Bible is inviting people into our homes, having that spirit of hospitality, and just making, again, our home a safe place for people to come and join and fellowship. Not looking at it as, you know, your home has to be perfect, but just having an open home and an open heart, so that your and especially so that your children are seeing you invite people into your homes. I want to read a, an excerpt from Romans twelve. This is verses nine through sixteen, and Ashrita highlights this in her book as well. It's from Paul, and he gives us a picture of what this kind of fellowship can look like in our community and in daily life. He says, "Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good." Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. So I think we can see a lot there just by looking at Paul's example in the Bible and using, again, those seven ways to help you serve with a whole heart. I'm going to review them. Number one was check your motives. Number two, run your food thoughts through your Holy Spirit filter. Number three, focus on fellowship and the people in front of you. Number four, do everything as unto the Lord and put filling hearts above filling stomachs. Number five, pray for others. Number six, be mindful of where others are at in their journey. And number seven, invite people into your home. One other thing I want to land on as I'm wrapping up today is realizing that food actually shows up in the afterlife. And there are ways that we are going to eat and drink in the new heaven and in the new earth. And it's so incredible to think about this because while I don't believe it's going to be necessary, it's going to be a focus of joy. And so there's a lot of scripture in the Bible. I'm going to encourage you to do your own research on this, but I want to share two verses. One is from Matthew 8, 11 and discusses that many will come to eat at the future feast with the Lord. It says, I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And so here it appears that eating together with the Lord will take place even though food will not be required to sustain life. Then we have the verse in Revelation nineteen nine that says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. Man, do we eat at a wedding? Of course we do, and it's amazing, and it's like this huge production, and just all of the best of the best is set before you. And so people eat at the marriage supper, and so it would be reasonable to expect that there's going to be a celebration involving food with the Lord. We actually even see Jesus eating after he was raised from the dead. He ate with his people. So looking at these two verses, and again, there's a lot more in the Bible that I'm not going to share today. I'm going to let you look at that on your own. But there are scriptures showing that it's not going to be essential to sustain life in heaven, to have food, but rather it seems that people will eat together with the Lord in heaven and there's going to be this fellowship piece to it. And that's not simply just to sustain life, but rather to enjoy, again, this time together and to celebrate together forever. Ultimately, eating together will be an act of giving glory to God and something that we can do now, right? First Corinthians 10 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And so looking at that, um, it's just amazing to me how we can position ourselves and posture our hearts from a place of love and opening and serving others with food. And even those that are struggling, we can walk alongside them and we can love them regardless. All right, beloved. You again are invited to join my Biblical Weight Loss Blueprint Facebook group for the replay of the Food Freedom Workshop. I did that in November, and that gives you everything you need to know about the launch um, of the program that we're in right now. I so appreciate you listening to the podcast. I genuinely I'm just thrilled when I get messages from you when I see that you've left me a review on the podcast it just warms my heart and it helps me to know who's listening and how I can show up to serve you so with that beloved I pray that you prosper in your health and in all things just as your soul prospers until next time Hey, beloved, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, head over to iTunes for Covered Beloved and leave a five-star review. Hit subscribe while you're there. And of course, if you have friends who would benefit from today's episode, be sure to share. Until next time, remember, God's got you covered.